The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to Trouble Tuesdays here on Passion, the night that is reserved to answer all of your questions, whether they have to do with your relationship, with sexuality. I'm here, but also here to answer uh, some of your mental health questions as well as, as we are all struggling to some degree or another during this pandemic. So if you would like to just chat, uh, why don't you call me? Also, 514-790-0800. Of course, you can always text in at 514-800. Last night's show was uh, pretty powerful in terms of, uh, and pretty serious in terms of topics. We talked about uh, the, the difficulty and the crisis, uh, the, the, the crisis that comes along with the COVID crisis, which is the unspoken one and the not so obvious one, uh, which is that of domestic abuse, which is on the rise, uh, since all this started in every country. So, uh, clearly a serious, uh, issue governments all around the world, including, uh, and the United Nations as well. Uh, they're all, um, making uh, calls out to help and, and support financially, uh, organizations that to help, uh, victims of domestic violence. So following that show, I got a few responses that I wanted to share with you. And again, if, if you have your own story and you want to share it with the passion community, this is the time, this is the place uh, to do it. So uh, some people email me, which is great. You could do that anytime as well to Lori at drlori.com or just go to the website, drlori.com and click on the contact me page. And then you can uh, write your, uh, your question or your comments right there. Dr. Lori, listening to tonight's show, so this I got late last night, uh, once again brought back bad memories. My personal situation was very bad. I was living a nightmare and I was so brainwashed, I did not realize it. Yes, I made mistakes at home, but punishment was severe. I was not allowed to refuse sex and was sodomized against my will. I was slapped but not beaten and lots of verbal abuse. I was not allowed to call friends unless he was home and he examined all incoming and outgoing calls. And if there was an unknown incoming call that lasted more than 30 seconds, I was questioned. I had no choice but to escape and escape is the perfect word. Here is what happened. A friend begged me to file a police report, but I was too scared. He got me a lawyer and he was served at work. I cannot imagine the fury he must have had. I wanted nothing from him, just a divorce, but the lawyer advised me of what I'm entitled to and he was certain he would be smart enough to realize it is nothing compared to what I could get if I really wanted to. I was even afraid to leave my friend's home in fear he would be staking out my very few friend's homes. He knew where he lived as we visited a few times. He did stake out his home and a big confrontation happened outside his home when we were going out on a Saturday morning. I ran into his place and watched through the window as he yelled at him. I could hear everything. He demanded my friend to hand me over. He refused and told him any request he has should be done through his lawyer. My friend began to walk away and head for the door. I thought it was over when I saw my uh, husband walk to his car, but it was only to get a weapon, the bar you use to change a tire. I warned my friend and I called 911. The police arrived in less than three minutes. They diffused the situation quickly 
and a policewoman came to me, came to speak to me. I let it all out, everything. She took notes and told me she was going to make a report. He was warned that he was not to come within a half a kilometer of me and my friend's home, and I got a restraining order against him. I remember getting interviewed soon after and asked if I wanted to lay charges. I was a confused, frightened woman. He left the country and went back to Iran, and to this day he has charges pending against him, so if he ever tries to come to Canada, he will be arrested immediately. I went back to my home, and and when we went in, inside was destroyed. Everything. All my clothes hanging in the closet were shredded with a knife. My drawers were emptied and I guess put in garbage. All my jewelry gone, but I was smart enough to take what was of value. TV on the floor, everything broken. The house was under his name and it took a while before I was able to sell it. I did not make much money on the sale and I did not care. I know there are others that are in a situation I was in and no one knows it. Maybe my situation was extreme, but escape is the only solution, but it takes courage and your show, you and your show gave me the courage. Hearing about others leaving and taking back their lives is the key. Of course, just on the, just as a side note, we've done this topic many, many times over the last, you know, been doing this show for over 21 years. So certainly we've, uh, we've addressed this many times. Uh, she goes on to write, the only advice I can give to any woman in an abusive relationship is realize the fact that you are, you are in an abusive relationship, speak out, do not stay silent or afraid, leave even if you have to call 911, take back your life. These are things I did not do for the longest time until I started listening to the show. If others can get away, so can I. My escape was hastily planned, but no escape is too fast. When I say thank you, it is said with love. Thank you. Um, that was very powerful. And there's a, a woman's situation, which explains a little bit how the powerlessness that one feels and over time, because when we talked about it yesterday, there was quite a few comments from people not understanding, like how does a person stay in a situation like that? So it's a complex situation, unfortunately. A couple more uh, feedback from this. I was abused for 20 years. Eventually I got out. This is from a guy. Guys need to not be afraid that they can also be victims. I don't know if the word is afraid, it's shame. I think there's a lot of shame when it comes to men. Well, for anybody who's in that situation, they do feel a sense of shame. Women too, for having stayed that long, for example. But men um, especially, men especially, because it's just not manly, right? We don't, um, there's a, in terms of our double standards and what we expect from men and, and such. So men do not come forward, but we know that, uh, men get abused, um, probably just as often as women do maybe differently and maybe less severely in terms of when there is abuse. It's, it, it, it obviously men are, you know, for the most part stronger than, than women and so can do more damage, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist, especially the psychological abuse and all the, the rest of it. So, uh, judging by all the domestic violence against women worldwide, this person writes, I think the vast majority of women would be way better off without a man in their household. But you know, <laughs> But that's like making a statement that it's all men who are like that, or all men are potential abusers. The same can be said of women. Like talk to men who have been abused by women. Maybe they think all women are crazy. You know, it's the, 
So no, there are healthy people in the world as well. So another, uh, men don't want to have anything to do with women for friendship or companionship, only sex for friendship. They've got the boys. I've been told this directly as well as experiencing it. I don't know who or where these men are who are different of which you speak. I've never met one. Well, I've met plenty. Uh, maybe, uh, you just haven't been meeting those guys. Maybe you've got to look at yourself and see why are you attracted to men who are bad for you. Um, but I, the men that my girlfriends are married to my own men, uh, are good men are, are very good men. So I don't, I, what can I tell you? It's, it's, uh, sometimes we, we need to say, okay, well, maybe it's me attracting the wrong kind of person and what, it, what, am, what am I doing or why am I going towards men who might be more on the abusive side? So there's, uh, there's that as well. Your questions uh, answered tonight. We have some orgasm questions. We have, uh, oh, some bunch of different safe sex questions and, and, uh, sexuality questions, but anything you want asked uh, and anything you want answered tonight, I'm here. So, uh, text it to me, 514-800. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Your questions answered tonight on the program. Uh, this texter asks, um, why aren't some empty hotels not being used to currently house battered women and other hotels to house the homeless? Sometimes they are one and the same. Sometimes, uh, yes. Um, not often, though, I have to say. it's uh, m- Most of the uh, victims of abuse... Um, I, well, they might, maybe some of the people who are homeless were in such situations, but... That isn't to say that most people who are battered end up homeless. However, having said that, they are using hotels, not necessarily for the homeless. That part I don't know, but I know that for um, for the moment, for sh- like to replace shelters, because uh, until they place people in quarantine in a hotel for two weeks before they can go to the shelter, so as not to potentially infect anybody there, because in a shelter you have uh, you can have m- you know, several families living there, like a woman and her children, for example. So just for safety reasons. So I know that there is money put aside for that kind of thing. Uh, text writes in, hello, I am 57 and I want a friend and a lover. Us men are not all the same. It's not just sex. So that's an answer to the lady who thinks all men are the same. And what's interesting is as men get older, I hear more men wanting uh, more intimacy, more companionship than simply the sex. So it does change uh, with, uh, with age as well. Not that younger men are all like that either, by the way. Uh, hi there. It takes me, I'm a male, around five to eight minutes to get to orgasm by my partner, female. It takes a lot more, so we have to use other ways. Oh, my, my partner takes a lot more time, so we have to use other ways. How can we have or get an orgasm almost at the same time? So this is like one of those myths, you know, the best orgasms are the uh, simultaneous orgasms when you both have them. But that's it's very difficult simply because... Women, the majority, do not orgasm through intercourse. So if you're talking about uh, 
like uh, you having your orgasm during intercourse and your partner having her orgasm prior to intercourse during foreplay, um, it's very difficult to make it happen at the same time if your partner is one of the 75% who isn't going to have an orgasm through intercourse alone. So what you need to do is find out from your partner, what is it that she needs? How does she need clitoral stimulation at the same time as intercourse? That might help the situation, but women do take longer to get aroused. They take longer to get to the orgasm phase. That is true for, for most, not all, but for, for many women, that is the case. So the best thing to do is do all the foreplay necessary for yourself, uh, for her, I mean, um, and then get to, uh, intercourse. But at the same time, you make sure that there's some clitoral stimulation, uh, happening at the same time. All right. Uh, I am anxious sometimes because I have to hear my neighbors downstairs. They walk and are heavy. So it sounds like elephants and my shelves rattle and door shakes when they slam their door. Yet they complain about my music late at night, but it isn't even on a high volume. I have been complying, but I don't think it is fair that I hear them having sex like once every six months. But I'm a single woman and it really sucks knowing I can't be with anyone because I chose to be independent and not just choose any guy to live with. I'm feeling more paranoid in general, and since I am home and they are home all day, when I hear them talk loud, when I pass their door, I feel they are talking about me, even though they are nice when I see them around, when I saw them around before quarantine. So maybe all of this anxiety that you're experiencing now is is amplified by the fact that everybody is uh, isolating and, and such, and so because of this amplification, maybe you're starting to feel somewhat, uh, somewhat paranoid, but there's no reason to feel like they are talking about you or do you even matter to them? I, I know that sounds really maybe not a nice thing to say, but who are you to them? Do they, do they, you think they would care that much that they would speak about you? And so what, like, let them say whatever they want to say. How does that affect, uh, your life now living in an apartment obviously is a challenge because yes, some apartment buildings don't have the best soundproofing and just, I think you have to be at least grateful that you only hear them having sex once every six months. It could be a lot worse. They could be doing it. Um, you know, they could be doing it for, uh, three times a week and then you, you'd have to hear that. So, so there I would, I would, uh, practice a little bit of, uh, of gratitude with that. The other thing is maybe when you hear them, like you said, you feel maybe somewhat envious that you don't have a partner, but it also sounds like you made that choice. Like you can be independent as a woman and still have a partner. Being in a partnership doesn't mean you lose your independence. It just means that you walk alongside somebody else who's also independent whilst sharing some common things together uh, and having a, a, a companion and things like that. So it's not like oftentimes people think that you, if you're this, you know, if you've got all this independence, you can't possibly want to be with a partner, but that doesn't really make sense. So 
but sometimes we're brought up thinking that we lose our independence or we have an idea of marriage or relationships that is like you become one. And when that whole idea of becoming this one unit, well, that's pretty scary because then for sure you lose that independence, but that's not what a healthy relationship looks like. You're two intersecting spheres. So you're two independent spheres that intersect, not swallow each other up whole. You just intersect. There's one part of it that is the couple. The rest of it is your uh, independence. The Passion Poet writes, We all need some good news. The news is affecting us all. Our mental health is in question. We are now hitting the wall. We are creatures of habit. We need to socialize, but this is overwhelming. We are feeling polarized. Let's all say a small prayer for those victims who have passed a small prayer for a vaccine and put this in our past. Very, very, very well said, passion poet. Uh, couldn't have said it better myself. Well, I never could, but uh, yeah, it's true. And this uh, this does affect us all. And my, my heart, my thought goes out to the people who have lost their lives. And unfortunately, I've known a few in my own circle uh, who, uh, who passed because of, uh, COVID-19, nobody close, close, but, um, family friends and, um, a friend who lived in New York, a doctor friend who also passed. So it's a difficult time for a lot of people. And, and even, and we talked about this last week, the, the whole mourning process is also weird because you can't be there for the, your, your, uh, the members, the surviving members. You can't be there in person where you want to be able to hug them, where you want to be able to be there. And it's heartbreaking not to be able to reach out physically and be in their presence. So that's, uh, that's kind of sad. 514-800, if you'd like to uh, text in uh, a question or a comment, you can also call me at 514-790-0800. Sometimes it's nice to hear your voices. You know, I'm, I kind of miss that. Like, I, I know we get a lot of texts and a lot of people will write in their comments and maybe they feel more comfortable because it's more anonymous. But to tell you the truth, in these times, I want to hear voices. <laughs> so if you can, pick up the phone. And just, you know, tell me how you're doing. Tell me what you're struggling with. Let's just talk. It's uh, too much writing, not enough talking. I want to hear talking. Um, all right, let me see more questions. Uh, sorry, I'm just uh, scrolling down my text board. Okay, uh, my boyfriend won't go down on me. Why not? He did at the beginning of the relationship. Why not? I don't think I have the answer to why not your boyfriend is not doing it, but you need to ask him. You need to be able to have a good sexual communication to be able to say, Hey, what's up? Is there anything that I can do to make, like, is there anything that is turning you off or that you don't like? Or sometimes we do things at the beginning of a relationship to please the other partner, even though, because you know, you're putting your best foot forward kind of thing uh, there. And we do things that maybe we're not crazy about, but we'll do it anyway, uh, to please our partner. And then once we lock it in, it's like, well, do I really have, I don't really want to do this. 
So maybe find out what it is and you can work around that. So if somehow, uh, I don't know, maybe something bothers him. Is it the smell? Is it whatever it is for him? And it could be nothing to do with you and everything to do with him. Like, is this the way he's always been, even in past relationships? Is this something that he's uncomfortable with? Is this something that he's shy about because he doesn't know if he's doing it right? Does he need more guidance from you? But you need to work on it together. So being able to say to him, this is something I really, really like and I really like really gets me the most, like gets me going the most, how can we make that happen more? That's really what you have to ask him. How can we make that happen more? And so that together you find the solutions, but you have to be able to have that sexual communication uh, to do that, right? Uh, Hi, Dr. Lori. I love when someone kisses my nipples. I am a male does it mean I have somehow a tendency of femininity? Absolutely not. That's like the question when somebody says, I like when someone plays with my anus as a man, does that mean I'm gay? So no, uh, we all have erogenous zones. We all have areas in our body that have nerve endings and nipples for men and for women contain nerve endings. Um, some men love to have not just their nipples kissed, sucked, tweaked, pinched, whatever it is. We're each different. We think of each of us having an, uh, our own owner's manual or our own roadmap with all these different areas, uh, these sensitive areas. And for one person, it might be one area. And for another, that area might not be erogenous at all or might not be arousing at all. So you have some women that, uh, and men who love to have their uh, nipples played with and others who don't like it. Uh, same with other areas, right? Some people like to, their erogenous zone might be their ears or their neck or between their thighs or like non-sexual body parts too can be quite erogenous and we each have a different roadmap. So the important thing really is to, uh, talk to each other about what it is that, uh, turns them on. Okay. That's the important thing. What is it that turns you on and be able to share that with your partner and say, I love when you do X. Um, and that's good communication coming up. Someone wants to know how to have uh, legal, uh, exhibitionism. We'll talk about that after we check in with our CJD 800 newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Trouble Tuesdays tonight on the program and some texts coming in in response to other people's uh, questions. Uh, So here uh, with regards to not finding any good men, maybe your circle of friends were introduced to decent men from a decent community. Having no social circle to ever meet good men with has caused me to only be exposed to men at work or in various public scenarios. 
The varied cross-section of men who initiated interaction with me seemed nice at first. However, it was always rapidly made clear how male-female relationships are based first and foremost on sex. If If I wasn't ready for it quickly enough, they stopped the dating immediately, often by the second date. Therefore, the lack of good men out there is not dependent upon who I'm attracted to. It's more likely the lack of these good men, such as those you and your friends are fortunate to know. Well, um, there are still men out there dating and there are still men I know who are single who are good men still. So part of that is, uh, you know, those guys who don't want a second date because you won't have sex with them, that that's a good way to eliminate them from your circle anyway, and you wouldn't want to date them. So part of that is also a numbers game. Like if you're going on apps or dating sites or what have you, I think you need to put yourself out there, not just at work and, uh, but also, um, getting onto these sites and, and, and spelling out what it is that you are looking for and making your boundaries known. And it's perfectly fine to have those boundaries and to say, I'm not going to have sex with somebody I don't know, or that I just met on that first date. That's just not going to happen. And if somebody's not interested in that, well, goodbye to them, uh, until you find one that says, you know what, you're worth knowing and I, I want to stick around and, uh, this is worth it. So, uh, sometimes it's just a question of meeting enough, uh, enough men to be able to do that. All right, let me answer this uh, question. Is there a safe and legal way to practice exhibitionism? So there's two kinds of exhibitionism. When we call somebody like in passing or in jest, or we say, oh, you're such an exhibitionist. What are we saying? We're saying that they like uh, public displays of affection. We're saying that uh, they don't mind when other people hear them have sex or see them have sex, for example. That's what we're talking about. When we're talking about the legal definition of exhibitionism, we're talking about... um, a fetish, a perversion, basically, where uh, a man, the whole point of this fetish is scaring unsuspecting people, okay? So scaring unsuspecting people, um, and that's the arousal part. But that's not what I think this person is saying. They, They get turned on by having other people watch them having sex. The key here is consent. In all of this, it's consent. If you have a guy on the metro who's flashing you, that is not consent. He's exposing himself. He would be called an exhibitionist, but in the legal sense of the word, because he is doing this to uh, unsuspecting or non-consenting individuals. What you're talking about is a bit different. So if it turns you on to have others watch you, then maybe you need to go to a sex club, like Club Lorage, like a swingers club. You don't have to swing with anybody else. You don't have to have sex with anybody else, but you could have sex in a pub, like kind of in a public setting, right? Uh, you don't want to have sex in, in, in public because that then you could get arrested for indecent exposure. So that's a whole other thing. Um, but there's a one a person suggested using a webcam, like sign up to uh, some kind of uh, site and 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 webcam out. So pe- again, it's people who want are seeking out who's fetish themselves or who get aroused by watching others have sex. So it's a win-win. You get off on 
having other people watch you. They get off on watching and it's consensual all around. That's the way uh, to do it. So uh, we have uh, Andy on the line. Hi, Andy. And the thing is, is I want to ask you a question. You yeah. probably can answer it. Everybody's talking about Viagra and Cialis. Yeah. No, the two things, and there are some other products that I hear on American radio, uh, 30-day trial and all that. But what is the difference between the Viagra, the main two, Cialis and Viagra? Okay. What would they, how, do, how does it work? In right. Sense? So there's four different medications for erectile dysfunction that are prescribed, that, that uh, you know, are FDA approved and all of that. So th- a lot of that other stuff you hear on television as male enhancing stuff and whatever are don't don't go for that because there are no, I, I there are no studies for those okay there's no and don't buy anything online so, i don't right so you would go to your doctor and get a prescription the difference is viagra works um for example you would take it uh, 45 minutes an hour before i'm not sure exactly that before a sexual encounter uh-huh. um cialis though had the that was developed to create more spontaneity in the sexuality. So it's good for 48 hours. Oh, okay, boy. that doesn't mean you have a 48-hour erection. <laughs> Don't get all uh, excited, Andy. That is not about that. What it just means is that it stays in your system so that when you get aroused, um, it, like, works. It, it, it can work. So if you take it on Friday night thinking you might have sex Friday night, but then your partner's too tired so you have sex Saturday night, you don't have to take it again. Whereas uh-huh. Viagra, you would have to. Uh-huh. Okay? And the thing is this. So one is more uh, uh, spontaneous, the other one is more lasting, and it depends on your type of behavior or Well, so does you... Viagra. Viagra is also dependent on the arousal. So you can't just take a Viagra and then start watching... Uh, uh, a TV show, you know, like it, it's, you're not going to get an erection. You need to still have stimulation in order to get the blood flowing. Yeah. So well, just for curiosity, is it also the way you are actually when you don't have the problem, but you're thinking that you're not strong enough, that's when you would take these things? You would, would take it if you, you, you don't have an erection strong enough for penetration. Oh, well. No, but things I everybody talks about it, and I said, "Gee, I, I have to ask somebody, but I, I'm not going to ask people on the street." I, right. I, I've well, been listening. To that's you what for, I'm here for. <laughs> listen, I've listened to you uh, for the last ten, at least minimum ten years, and once I asked, I made a statement, and but I'll be, I'll be honest with you, you didn't like what I said. <laughs> well, I'm not always going to love what you say, but hey, I'm always here to answer your questions, oh, Andy. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> and the thing is this, so. Look, I, I've never had this. I never tried it. I don't think I'm going. But it, since all oh, everybody's talking about, it, I says I might as well find out yeah. somebody who has the knowledge. And one day you might want it. So oh, now yeah, you know you a little know. bit more, and you can ask your doctor about it. And so by the way, both yeah. of them need prescriptions, right? Yes, of course. Yes. Oh, I don't don't know. buy anything online that without a prescription. You need a prescription. All right. Thanks okay. very much. You're most welcome, Andy. Bye. Hi, Sean. Welcome to the show. Hi, Dr. Lori. How are you? All right. Good. What can I uh, do for you? Yes. Uh, I would like to know. I I didn't. I had um, a woman. Uh, how do I put it? Give I you oral sex? Oral sex. Yeah. She gave you oral sex. I, I was receiving the oral sex. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't use a contraceptive. Okay. And I ejaculated. 
Okay. So, so you want to know if it's safe, like what the safety yeah, is, is there? there? FDI is uh, possible or? There's look, there's a, yes, there's a risk with oral, less of a risk on the receiving end, more of a risk to her if uh, there was an exchange of bodily fluids. Okay. So whatever can be caught uh, through intercourse or exchange of bodily fluids can, can be caught in the throat as well. Okay. So, uh, but as the receiver, less likely if she had herpes on her lips, like cold sores on her lips, then she could transmit that to you. Um, but you would probably notice it. Although some people don't, aren't asymptomatic and can still do it, but the risk is lower. So the the risk is lower for the receiver. It's much well, higher for her. Didn't, I probably didn't catch anything then. Probably not. Probably okay, not. Okay, thank you. Okay. All right. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for calling. 514-800 to text in, but I'd love to hear your voice as I just heard these uh, last two gentlemen. 514-790-0800. I feel like... In isolation, I'm not, uh, yes, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm talking to friends and what have you, but I want to, like, I want to speak to you. You're my people. Uh, so give me a call. More of your text, lots of text, lots of questions, lots of uh, suggestions as to how to be a uh, legal exhibitionist that's coming up. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Trouble Tuesday tonight on the program when I answer your questions or you just want to talk, make some comments, uh, whatever it is. But I do want to hear you. 514-790-0800. Lillian joins us. Hi, Lillian. Hi, Lori. How are you? I'll tell you, I I don't know if you know offhand who I am. Uh, I I know you from Florida. <laughs> yes, okay. Lily. How are you? I'm okay. Tommy Schnurmacher's friend. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But when you kept saying you want to hear her voice, I don't have a question, but I figure I'm just going to call and say hi. Hi. Are you safe? Everything okay? Yeah, in the meantime. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, you know, listen. You made it home struggle. safely from Florida? Huh? You made it home safely from Florida? Well, <laughs> yes. Good. Seems like a while ago. You remember we were uh, <laughs> we were at the oh, yes we were by the pool not that long ago. Oh yes, I remember. Yeah, we were a little L- uptight about coming home. <laughs> That's right. We were trying <laughs> to figure it all out. Lily, I'm glad yeah. you called in. Okay, all right. I just wanted to say hi. Thank you. Take care. <laughs> See, just to hear some friendly voices is always nice. Always nice. Uh, all right. So uh, a couple of uh, suggestions for. Our, uh, would-be exhibitionist. Um, he can go live on camera, adult friend finder, okay, uh, but he may find it more fun to watch local women live on cam, but that's not his thing. His thing or her thing is to sh- to be able to do it for other people, okay? Uh, exhibitionists should check out uh, webcams, just fans, or Patreon. Okay, I didn't know that Patreon would be there, but that's interesting. Uh, let me see. Another one says, uh, my doctor gave me Levitra. So Levitra is the other drug. There's, uh, Cialis, uh, Viagra and Levitra. They all work more or less the same way. Um, and there's a, a fourth one and I, Pristique maybe is the name. I always forget that the, the last one. 
let's see. I'm uh, so I'm a 45 year old male that's been on very mild depression medication for the past 15 years. This medication has interfered tremendously with my sex drive. In fact, it's also made me feel not interested in meeting any women for fear of performance issues. It's interesting because my brain and urges seem to be working, but it's like the communication can't get to the bottom part of my body. It's very upsetting. It's been years since I had a relationship because of this issue. What are your thoughts? Sadly, I I don't know if your doctor mentioned it to you or the pharmacist should have, but there are sexual side effects to SSRIs or antidepressants. uh, And they can include... uh, all in all three areas in terms of libido, in terms of uh, ejaculation, and in terms of erection. So for you, it's just the erection, your brain, your urges, your your libido is still there, but your body is not cooperating. It is a typical side effect. So I understand that you it would cause and it gets worse with performance because if it doesn't happen once then you start worrying about it the second time and so it, it creates a vicious cycle as well what you need to do is check with your doctor a if if it would be safe for you to wean off this medication how is your depression under control are you just afraid of going off this medication? So you would need to speak to your doctor and assess with your doctor about this. So you cannot do this alone. It must be done on the advice of a medical doctor and followed by a medical doctor. Okay. Cause there's a way to do it and, and what have you. The other thing you can speak to your doctor about is possibly adding a different medication or changing that medication to one that has less sexual side effects. You can ask your doctor about Wellbutrin, which is a medication to treat uh, depression as well, but it's not an SSRI and has less sexual side effects. So this is, this is important to have this discussion. The other thing too, is when you are dating or when you're going out with somebody, the women that you're going to go out with, they're not necessarily just wanting to have sex with you. Okay. So if you're a good guy and you, uh, can fulfill needs there, some of their emotional needs and, and all of that stuff, and, and you know how to use your hand and you know how to use your mouth and you can give them pleasure, having a conversation with them about the fact that you're on medication that causes this effect is important so that they understand that it isn't about them, that this is not because you're not aroused by them. You're not uh, attracted to them, et cetera, et cetera. And then you may be surprised to find that on occasion it will work. It may not work every single time, but if you can take that stress away and that pressure away, then it does. But it's important to develop an intimate enough relationship with someone that you can have these conversations with. Okay. Uh, and then it can, it can be fine. I've seen middle-aged men who take a while to get aroused and need touch and things like cleavage does not affect him the way a younger guy would. Sometimes people are not horny at the same time. For some reason, I'm extremely horny around my period and the rest of the month I'm not in the mood and was told that I cannot be satisfied. One positive aspect about quarantine is self-reflection and making life goals and understanding what we want. Yeah, those are 
two different things, but I don't know who told you you cannot be satisfied because that's a, a little bit of a BS story. Don't tell yourself this story at all. For women, uh, again, uh, middle-aged women, for example, are far more responsive rather than spontaneous in terms of their desire. So you're right. You probably get horny in very very limited time in the month, which is normal. What you're describing is normal. Um, but it doesn't mean that if you were to engage in sex, that that sex can be satisfactory and that it could, like it would, um, uh, I have the French word in my, in my head, déclenché. like it, it would trigger, trigger your desire. So for a lot of women, the arousal triggers the desire. It's not the desire first and then the arousal. It's the arousal to lead to the desire. So we have to look at it a little bit differently. If you are middle-aged, you may benefit from reading my book. It's called The Sex Bible for People Over 50. It's available on Amazon. Um, it's been around for a few years already, but there's a, a really good chapter there on, uh, on desire, and you'll see the difference between men and uh, female desire. Uh, in response to no good men texter, I, as well as some of my friends, love companionship. Dating could involve dining, movies, etc., without any ex expectations. Sex would be a bonus, but would not be frustrated if not. I have several female friends who are great friends and know from the get-go sex is off the table. So, you see, and this is from a man to tell you that, uh, you know, uh, there you go, that not all men are the same. Uh, let's see, little joke, 75 year old man goes to the pharmacy, asks for 10 Viagras. Pharmacist asks why he says, I got five young hookers coming over tonight and I'm going to have one last Yahoo. He gives him the Viagras. Two days later, he sees the old man in the pharmacy with a cast on his arm. He asked him what happened. The old man said, the hookers never showed up. <laughs> Thank you. Sometimes in these times, we need a little laugh, don't we? Uh, on the guy thing, again, uh, the, it worsens when a guy is charming, and that is why some women will break their boundaries, especially when there is lust involved. I'm trying to stop doing this myself. That's a good plan. Start thinking about this, all of you who are dating out there and who have, you need to have your boundaries, your own dating rules. We each have our rules. If your rule says... I do not sleep with somebody, not on the first date, not second or third. And if it lasts past that, then maybe I will. Then stick to your rule. If you break your own rule, well, you know, you're going to keep finding yourself in the same kind of situation. So you're right. Sometimes it's hard to hold back because of the charm or the lust or whatever hormones are flying through and, and, and things like that. So absolutely. Oh, that's sad. Somebody says, guys are no good. We are, I don't know if it's from a guy, we are all cheaters. Well, you know, women cheat too. And by the way, it's almost at an equal level between male and female uh, cheaters these days. So, uh, I, cynical, cynical. 
Anyhow, you know that uh, you guys can send me questions anytime, right? So you can send them to me during the week. Uh, you can send them to me by email to lori at drlori.com, and I'm always happy to answer them on air. And I never use names, so it's always anonymous, so don't worry about that. Uh, love this question. What's middle? What's midlife age? That's a great question because I was reading an article that warmed my heart because I'm middle-aged. Um, I'm 56 now, and uh, but I, what I was reading was that now midlife is considered uh, 65. Before it was like 45, you would co- were considered middle-aged. Now, like by 65, they're not calling 65 old age anymore. They're calling that midlife now, which I found very interesting. Anyway. Just the thought I would share. I'd have to dig up that article again, but uh, if I can find it, I'll share it with you. That's it for me. Thank you so much for uh, spending your time with me. Thank you for all your calls. I love when I get to speak to you, so make sure you do that at the beginning of every show or during any time of the show, frankly. Uh, Thank you so much to our technical producer, Dave Simon. To connect with me on social media, you can do that at Dr. Lori Betito, D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E-B-E-T-I-T-O. You can also go through my podcast at my uh, website drlaurie.com where you'll find the podcast of all past shows as well coming up next here on cjd we bring you the ctv national news have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion